welcome to HTCML Podcast. Today I will be talking with Alicia Scott about how technology has changed her life. You will learn about when she was first exposed to tech, how tech has impacted her family, and how having a career in tech has expanded her culture. Hope you enjoy. So um, thank you, Ms. Scott, for agreeing to be and have a conversation with me about how technology has changed your life. So my first question for you would be, when you were a child, what were some of your hobbies or things that you liked to do? Hobbies for me was, uh, I was, I'm the oldest of four. So I was like my dad's first son before he had one. So my hobbies was always on his shoulders. Uh, you know, he's the, the commissioner, the baseball league, the coach of, you know, the local football, um, Pop Warner League. So I was always there amongst the guys in, in, uh, and around sports. So sports really influenced me and my upbringing. I played everything from softball to basketball to volleyball, ran track. I would have loved to play football if I could. <laughs> so, um, But I think sports helped me become more of a, a well-rounded um, individual, taught me how to be a team player. Um, which, you know, today, you know, is very important in our corporate world. Right. So um, with that, and you think sports, you know, being in your career as an, in a tech space at a tech company and playing sports, do you think that had an impact or helped you in, a, in the room and in the space of this male-dominated field? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Because what I say is being a Black female walking in, into that room and typically, you know, you know, I'm not seeing anyone that looks of my color, <laughs> looks of my gender. So, um, and being around a lot of males in, in the sports uh, space, it gives me um, a level of you know, comfort to be able to talk sports with men because typically you walk in the room and they're very open to discussing sports and I'm a sports fanatic. So I'm watching ESPN all the time. You know, my dad really had that that influence on me and sports is, in, you know, bred in our family. We all get together on our family Zoom calls and talking sports all the time. But, but anyway, that comfort level of, of just having uh, that barrier to be able to break that down with the men in the room um, helps quite a bit, you know, and when they you create that connector, that connection with, uh, you know, men in the room, you know, they, they remember that there's a comfort level with you now, uh, something that they can connect with you outside of just the regular work that helps with the transition and having to deliver the work. So right, right. No, I definitely very agree. Very helpful for me in my career. No, I definitely agree with you on that. Cause for me, I'm a sports fanatic as well, played them all. And they, they it helps them get comfortable with it, but it also, um, it, it, takes their armor off because they're able to have that conversation and not feel uncomfortable. So when do you think you were first exposed to technology or STEM? Hmm. So for me, what sparked my interest uh, or what actually, you know, lit the fire under me for STEM came from my, um, both my geometry teacher and my um, science teacher in high school. Um, Mr. Manuel and Mr. Phillips, if I can remember wow. the names correctly. Yes. They don't even realize probably the impact that they had on me. 
I'm a little bit anal. <laughs> so with the geometry class, having, you know, to draw, you know, my triangles, my rectangles, utilize my compass and protractor and all that good stuff. Um, you know, it just really tapped into, you know, the problem solving side uh, with kind of like the, the RC fun side at, at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Mr. Phillips in my science class, you know, just things came naturally to me uh, with science and, and you know, I, and uh, talking through the the uh, subject matter. And when we got to times of testing, what was so funny, I would um, take the test for the most part, as you know, as an example, would be the first one to complete the test. Someone would come behind me with a test and he would just start marking off their test as my test was the uh, the official score, oh, the, wow. the final paper. And then uh, it was at one point a student challenged him on that, like, why are you using Alicia's paper to, you know, as the answer sheet? You know, you don't know if hers is correct. And he was like, well, I can check and see. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and he said, yep. As I figured this much, you know, she's pretty much got it 100 percent here. So um, so he actually told me you should consider a career in engineering. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, eighth and ninth grade. And I'm like, engineering. I don't know what that is. What type right. of career is that? You know, spoke to my parents, you know. They didn't know any engineer, no engineers in my family. Right. <laughs> right? But the thing was, my mom really pushed on, um, you know, researching and investigating it. And uh, we found an uh, after school program called, um, uh, ste- uh, it's not STEM Up, because STEM Up is our affinity network group here at the company, but it's, um, it, it was a STEM focused program. So, um, so, at the local university, which is the University of Buffalo, uh, grew up in Buffalo, New York. I just spent my weekends uh, every Saturday going through different uh, STEM education and, you know, um, experiments and, and uh, getting exposure to STEM experts and, and sharing uh, their um, expertise with me. So by the time I graduated from high school, I knew I wanted to go into engineering as my studies. Um, so all of the schools that I applied to were uh, engineering schools, and I wind up winded up at the Rochester Institute of Technology. Cool. So yeah, so I, I've heard about Rochester Institute of Technology quite a few times because there's quite a few of y'all here in Arizona. Yeah, we're of course glad to have y'all. <laughs> but as far as you know, so that's kind of what led you into into STEM. But what led you into your career? And if you want to also give the audience some a background on what your career is and how you've gotten into that path where you're at of being the greatness that you are. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, so started um, my education at RIT, uh, studying engineering. And actually I didn't even know what discipline of engineering I wanted to study. So um, at RIT is a five-year engineering program, which was very helpful to me because my first year I was able to uh, go undeclared, undeclared engineering. So that way I got to go through all the different disciplines. And at the end, I landed on microelectronic engineering as my uh, area of study, very specialized in semiconductor um, industry technology. I love the opportunity of dealing with, you know, chemical combinations and how that uh, creates, you know, uh, chips that, you know, power up everything that we see uh, today. We had an on-site 
uh, fabrication uh, laboratory, which we call a fab. Right. We can actually, you know, create the, the chips on site. We had a lot of exposure to companies actually as part of our program, which I know there's a lot of the other engineering programs and have so much hands-on um, access. So like right. local Kodak uh, gave a lot of sponsorship and was on site, you know, Xerox, Intel. We had a, had a huge presence of, you know, industry, which gave me more education. Okay. Now what do, what does my career, what is my career going to look like afterwards? So I love that as part of the, as part of the program, the difficult side was, I didn't see much of me. Actually, I was the first to graduate, uh, the first a female to graduate as uh, a part of our microelectronic engineering program. Wow, that's because amazing. It just was, uh, thank you. It was just, um, y- you know, just engineering in itself. Yeah. I won't say just specialized to uh, the microelectronic engineering program. You just don't see a lot of, you know, graduation rates, unfortunately, when you come through. Uh, a predominantly white institution in the graduation rates of uh, those that um, enter the program. It's just a a lot lower um, when you actually graduate. But at the end of the day, what was positive for me is the the, uh, experience that came through the cooperative education piece of the program. So not only being on campus and having hands-on experience with uh, the fab and the work uh, in, uh, alongside our studies, actually got to spend um, a full year in getting hands-on experience in, in industry with companies. So that was what led me here to Arizona because I was able to get an internship with Motorola at the time. So for six months, I would come and co-op or do my hands-on work with Motorola. And then the other six months, I would go back to New York and do my in-class studies. What was positive about that is in my final year in school, I did the co-op the first um, six months of the year. So when I went back for the second six months of the year, I was about to graduate, I had already uh, had a, um, a job in hand. I was already given an offer to come work for Motorola full time. So I didn't have the stress of most students as, you know, when they're about to graduate looking for uh, a place of work. I already had that. Yeah, we all have. I had that three month transition too. (laughs) I didn't have a job. So that, no, that's, that's great. You know, so you transitioned from New York, the, snow to Arizona, the heat, which you don't have, didn't need your jacket and shovels and all that stuff anymore. Not at all. And actually I did it so backwards. I spent, was it May through November in Arizona for my co-op? Oh yeah. And then November through, you know, May uh, back in New York with the snow for, uh, for the in-class schooling, totally off, totally (laughs) off. I just had it. That planning could have been, could have been done better. And so now, so you've been in your career in Arizona for how many years? And so where are you at now and how um, how has the room changed in the dynamics of how are you able to have an impact in that room and the diversity and what it looks like? Great question. So uh, I have... Um, I guess say been blessed or or what have you that to be uh, have the capability of work at the same place my entire career. So I've been um, working at Motorola now on semiconductor. Uh, these 
sector in which I worked for spun off and became its own company. Uh, Semiconductor now for over 21 years has um, grown and flourished in the semiconductor industry. And at the start of my career as an engineer, I've worked um, in product engineering and uh, new product development and quality operations. So I was able to get a very diverse range of experience um, with the company. And then I would say probably about 15 years ago, I became a manager. So I was able to manage a team, manage people, manage the business, um, which is very important. again, help build my, my skill set with being a leader at the company. So about four or five years ago, when our company was seriously discussing, you know, issues of diversity in our industry and technology and in semiconductor industry specifically, you know, I had my thoughts, had my ideas. <laughs> so uh, spoke them, um, spoke myself into, I guess, opportunity into HR, human resources. Um, So long story short, now I am in human resources with the responsibility of managing our diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, program. And I have the influence of embedding uh, DEI into our hiring practices because I have the hiring function under me embedding DEI into our culture change, employee engagement programs is also under my realm of responsibility, learning and development. So all of our uh, training programs uh, are under my uh, role and responsibility. I still get to tap into the engineering side a bit with the data because I have uh, HR analytics. Um, so just because we're in HR doesn't mean we, we don't you know deal with the numbers or deal with any other um, you know, the analytics side. So I get the opportunity there to drive a lot of business decision based on what the the people analytics is showing us and uh, communications. So all of that from a global perspective, a global company uh, over, you know, 34,000 employees worldwide and my influence of embedding DEI all throughout throughout, uh, those areas is is huge. And that influence that I have and, and opportunity to really impact, um, you know, you know, bringing in women and people of color into our, our industry, I think has been probably more impactful. I feel has been more of an impact to me personally than it has been seeing a, a product I've developed, you know, back in the day uh, that's, that's selling off the shelves, right? So. Right. Because, yeah, because I can imagine it's like you wouldn't have thought, oh, I'm going to be in HR being able to affect what happens within a company. But I think also, too, I'm just curious what your opinion is in regards to being in this diversity and inclusion um, position that you're in. And because you have your engineering background and not really the HR background, your perspective, I would assume, is a greater expansion uh, perspective and have more of an impact than if it was an HR person that would have got it. And I've seen that across other companies that are ha- that are doing that, that are taking tech people that have worked their way up into that. Do you think that's the case that technical people that are rolling into these diversity and inclusions have a different perspective on that? For sure, for sure, because we come from a perspective of knowing uh, knowing the business firsthand, knowing what it takes to deliver um, our products and services, and and understanding the the, the structure behind it. You know, um, knowing the business is a huge part. Uh, you know, just of any role. 
But just the fact that I've been there, done that, and personally have experiences of what it takes to maybe shift mindset, shift uh, some of the things that we're doing to be an inclusive workplace, um, you know, it, it just brings a level of credibility to the table um, that I'm sure any DEI, uh, you, you know, influencer or or specialist could. But to me, I, I think it because, you know, the executives in the room see me, know me and, and, and know my background, and know my works. They're like, you know, uh, it, it just brings a level again of that, you know, not having to sell yourself or not having to um, get through another layer when you enter that room, right? Because you already come in with that credibility. Yeah. And I think as an engineer and what we're taught in school is in the problem solving that you talked about, the um, troubleshooting and all of that. And it's like, you still take that skill set into no matter what you're doing. If I'm troubleshooting an HR issue or if I'm troubleshooting, you, you know, that skill set, it doesn't switch to, oh, I need to look at the HR side of things and how they learn things. And I I think that's a good thing in the sense of, you know, in seeing the articles and things that are coming out. And so I, I am extremely grateful and excited for you and seeing you and knowing you for as long as I've known you and watching the growth and all of that. And so, but now let's shift it a little bit and let's talk about because you're in IT and some of the opportunities that you've had personally and professionally, if it's, you know, got to meet this person or whatever that may be, but just sharing with the young adults that may be listening is like, yeah, I've worked my way up. I've been the only one in the room, but because of that, here's some of the things that have come my way. Yeah, because of my experience in the background, um, one, I've kind of led the the path in my family. So I was the first to graduate with um, my engineering degree. And other than my grandmother, who, who graduated with um, in, in, in education, was the only one with a you know formal four year degree. Behind me came other STEM focused. Uh, uh, you know, graduates uh, with my siblings. My sister became an accountant. My brother became an industrial engineer and my other brother, you know, focused in IT. Uh, so that's, you know, just a success story in itself. And then later on, influence, you know, my mom already had her associate's degree, but my dad, from a four-year degree perspective, decided to go back and get his four-year degree and master's. So just that impact as a family now is to say as a unit, as a core, all of us have a degree. That was, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine that. And I, I hope I had a little bit of influence in that with, with my siblings. Um, so that's one positive item personally in, in the family. Um, another thing is the experiences that I've had to see the world. Uh, I can, cannot have imagined my opportunity to, you know, travel the world, travel the globe, and just to see um, see what the world perspective is you know I've been um everywhere all throughout Asia all throughout Europe um where a lot of our factories and manufacturing sites are located and you know that those experiences um are are just long lasting you know they're with me forever um building those relationships with people across the globe um and and getting to see something outside of you know what buffalo new york is what (laughs) phoenix arizona is you know you know you tap into so much of what like in u.s central news or u.s central uh, ideals are when you really get to 
to see the world, you, you develop your own, you know, your perspective and, and, and ideas. So, you know, just don't lean so much on what, you know, the news is telling, telling you about our, our world. Um, I think that shapes a lot of what I do um, personally and, you know, with my extracurricular. Because one of the things I think is not talked about and, you know, as far as being in IT, there are challenges, but there also are great rewards. So one of the great rewards that I think doesn't get talked about and the young generation needs to understand is the pay is quite well. (laughs) This is true. This is true. And again, going back to my uh, decision for why I chose uh, RIT, one, the graduation rates were just off the chain when you actually got through the program. So, I mean, almost 100 percent for microelectronic engineering was placed into a full time position um, with graduating. And then when you look at the engineering pay (laughs) of what you what you get um, graduating, it just, uh, you know, created a whole new lifestyle, uh, an opportunity, um, again, which is, I think, another reason why my siblings decided to investigate STEM because of the pay opportunities um, right now, well into six figures. Right. As far as pay with, uh, you know, several years of experience. Um so, and, and I'm in HR, but coming from an engineering background, uh, that's where it started. Um, but just your degree in just in general, um, just opens up a whole nother level. I also got my master's degree. So that opens up uh, other opportunities for, for pay and, and, and um, you know, development for me in, in, in my career. So I got my um, master's in business administration from W.P. Carey. Um, School of Business at AS Arizona State University. So um, that helps me with the management level at the company. So although I'm not really, really, you know, dealing with business administration per se, um, when I'm dealing with, uh, you know, to me, I'm a, I'm a program manager at, at my core with everything that I do uh, in my role as a manager, um, programs, I mean, manager of people, managing programs. Um, so that MBA degree kind of helps you understand if you, if this were your business, uh, how would, how would you run it? How would you uh, make it go? Um, so my years of experience, my two degrees, um, all of that, you know, it, is very um, rewarding in what I see in my pay and <laughs> in performance uh, with the company. So, yes, uh, I, I'm not. I don't know statistically, you know, what coming out of a you know engineering school right now is, but I'm sure you know you do very well with any probably STEM uh, degree in comparison, maybe to some of the other other um, areas of of, of study. Right. And that's the thing that, you know, and I, because that whole taboo of we don't talk about money, we don't talk about this, but it's like the one thing that I like to have conversations with young adults and students about is you're skilled and smart enough to be in this skill set. And, you know, as you said, it was a high school, your high school's teachers that motivated you. But sometimes, you know, being in the Phoenix Metropolitan Community community where we're at and some of the other communities, it's not instilled in them or told to them. And so how do we change our youth from being consumers to creators is what I say. How do you stop just consuming technology and create technology? 
And a lot of reasons I think they look up to lawyers and doctors and basketball players is because the salaries are talked about in those areas so much. And we don't talk about the salaries and STEMs because we all know at the end of the day, everyone's motivator is money or some type of reward. But those are always taboo to talk about. And so that's why I want to tell them it's like, well, because I work in this career, I went to Italy or I went to this, you know, I was able to have vacations outside of what I did as a youth where we drove everywhere because there was no planes mm-hmm. or my, our parents couldn't afford plane tickets. I mean, I would probably say I was in high school before I was on my first flight. So these are the opportunities that I want them to know. Like it has great career opportunities, but it has a great personal opportunity. So my next question would be around the personal side and then career side too, but networking, like how has being in tech and grown your network or like, could you have said to yourself when you were in high school, I'm going to know these type of people. (laughs) Mm. Oh yeah. That's, um, that's important. Right. Cause I I think, uh, from, for me, the network started in college. As you mentioned, a lot of us here from RIT <laughs> try to pull people along and bring them with them here as well. Um, but you build those those networks forever for a lifetime. And even those I went to school with that, um, you know, uh, I may not keep in contact with. I know they're still in my network. I can reach out um, if there's ever, you know, discussion with, you know, things in and in our careers or opportunities, you always had that. Um, But there's the personal networks, uh, the personal experiences. You just, it just, you can't, you can't beat it. I mean, these are lifelong friends forever. They have similar experience, similar, um, you know, uh, you know, a similar path to you, maybe different, you know, uh, study or different uh, area in which they work. But this is someone that, you know, it's going to be part of your core for life. You know, you need that safe space, that's that safe uh, network. But so that's, you know, uh, personally and professionally, it it crosses both. Right. Uh, Because sometimes when you're making decisions at work and and, and things, um, you know, that you may just you just don't know. Who do you reach out to to kind of bounce ideas off and say, I'm struggling with this challenge? If you don't have someone that's gone through that similar path as you, um, you know, you may struggle. You may have a, 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 a larger hill to climb. Having that network, having someone uh, to talk through who, who can understand is huge. Yeah. And I think that's helped me get through a lot of my, my career as well. Yeah. Just overall in the industry, the network networking opportunity, especially now in this role for diversity, equity and inclusion, um, just being able to touch base with others at different companies, even competitors of mine. You know, you just you really don't get that opportunity, um, maybe as a product engineer or working into new product development. You can't talk to competitors. (laughs) You know, typically you're not doing that. But now is I get the opportunity to talk about true 
industry moving uh, opportunities, right? Um, so that network has has grown and expanded. And just a network with, with, you know, professionals in the STEM space just as yourself, you know, really being able to influence the youth and, and um, bringing STEM to them as an opportunity that, you know, you've never um, had a chance to, to see before because you don't see it in your family, such as myself. So that after school STEM program, I equated to, you know, your future stars program, you know, without that, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be here today. Right. So it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it definitely does. And I, and it'll probably be a while before we, for me personally, to see some of the return on investment. And I think for me, one of the reasons I am in STEM is because uh, I grew up with a house full of men and I worked on cars. Like mm-hmm. I literally broke down motors, transmissions and mm-hmm. all of that. And so for me, rolling into fixing things was natural. Okay. And so it, it was a natural progression for me. And I didn't realize it was a natural progression until I started reflecting. I'm like, I would just, you know, for me, what I did with all my cousins, because we live with my aunt and her seven sons. And then my mom has a, has a, I have a brother. It was me and eight boys. And so working on cars and doing all that was just like, oh, this is fun. Cool. cool. This, you know, it's fun activities. I didn't realize that would be who I am now, like fixing uh-huh. years. Uh-huh. And so, I try to tell kids that it's like sometimes your hobby becomes your career and that's not a bad thing. That is actually something that can be great. And for you, it started out in just figuring it out like, oh, you like science. I like science. I'm acing Mm -hmm. science. This is fun. Why am I going to go chase a law degree? Like, Mm -hmm. I like this. And so it's great that you have that teacher there to um, motivate you and keep you moving in that direction. Cause you know, sometimes we don't all have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So um, now I'll also say just reflecting on your, your comment about, you know, breaking down engines and things of that nature. Schooling also gave me the opportunity to get exposure to that as well, especially through my internship program. Cause I did do an internship with General Motors where I actually got a chance to break down the car, get under the hood and all of that. And what I learned was that's not space for me. <laughs> not your thing. No, not my thing, but I got the experience and it was a yeah. great one too. So, you know, it, it's uh, learning opportunities is just, you know, teach you a lot. So, yeah. So are there any other things in life in general, like not necessarily career where technology has been like, because of this particular technology, I was able to like any other parting words that you would like to like to share with the listeners? I would say because of technology. So I would say for me personally, because of technology, I was safe with, you know, being uh, being an individual contributor, right? Being in the data, helping uh, solve problems, and and being in the numbers, being uh, being behind um, you know behind the scenes and, and delivering a lot of opportunities. Um, what I didn't realize um, is just my growth through uh, the space and technology and being able to talk to just a plethora of people uh, to engage on a, in, in a span in a way that I never thought possible. Um, so to me, to be able to engage with someone from India, from Korea, from Japan, uh, from Belgium, from, you know, Germany, um, you know, 
and you have things in common to me it's just that's just been life altering for me and um and also being able to pull back away from the comfort level of kind of being an introvert I think I'm an introvert at heart this (laughs) maybe as an engineer we typically are or in or in STEM we typically are but now it's forcing me to be a little bit more uh, open and, and, and talk more and share more, uh, which I think is important. Like this platform that you're providing right now to hear stories and, and, and talk about that um, because, you know, we don't get to see too much of this and hear too much of it. Um, and we need to, we, we need to share our stories, especially the, these positive stories. Right. So, so for me, uh, technology, has shifted the dynamic in me to make me more comfortable to be outward um, and, and open and speaking later in my career. But it's also just overall has changed the whole dynamic of my family. Yeah. So now, you know, with me and my siblings getting education in, in, in STEM, their children are coming up through STEM programs. So I think it's changed the dynamic of, you know, that next generation that's coming up behind, behind us. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's opened up a whole new world. That's amazing. No, that's cool that you've been able to have an impact. It's first and foremost in front of your eyes every day when you talk to your family and see your family. That's that's amazing. The one thing that I got out of what you just said is technology has expanded your culture. Yes, it has. <laughs> and that's pretty amazing because, yeah, you would. Yeah, that's. That's probably a tagline in the podcast. Somewhere. Okay. Yeah, because for sure, I mean, I go back to Buffalo, New York and visit and think about those I went to high school with. Same place, haven't moved anywhere, haven't done anything and probably haven't traveled and seen the world uh, for the most part. Yeah. And to me, I'm just like, wow, you know, uh, I'm really blessed in, in the experiences I've had to really um, to really, you know, flourish. Whereas I, you know, that could, that could have been me. Right. So I I do not take my path for granted. I definitely, you know, I know how blessed I am (laughs) when I, this opportunities I get. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's why I want to start telling the stories. Cause I think we, um, we have to pay it forward and we have to let them know that, let the next generation know that we're out here don't just listen to the bad numbers that they talk about. There is yeah. an absolute positive side. So I would just like to say thank you for the opportunity to interview you and learn a little more about you um, on uh, HTCML, how technology changed my life and your life.